This week's episode of Super Nerd Pals is brought to you by Jack Johnson, billionaire. If it's not Jack Johnson, it's not mud. Guys, this is episode 40 of Super Nerd Pounds. Yeah, 40. Fuck yeah. We almost there. We almost there there at a year. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of accent is that? Where are we? Where are we going? (laughs) We're almost there. In New York. But we almost there. I'm your host today, Andy. Here with me, Stan. Thanks for tuning in, old spot. And Chris. Ayo! What's up, guys? I want to I wanna give you background on the Jack Johnson. By the way, <laughs> by the way, guys, just a little heads up. I'm Andy number six. We've established this. Six or five? Oh, yeah. How was the ghost dimension, by the way? It was interesting. Yeah? Yeah, it was Do you believe now? Uh, not quite yet. Motherfucking goes to the ghost dimension. He's still like, I don't know. I, I'm almost there. There was just one. one Ooh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a- Andy, how'd you get out? I mean, we were wor- really worried about you. I mean, luckily, the Ghostbusters taught me enough. <laughs> Fair enough. They, they have taught me enough. So did you, you have, you like, the, the slime? Um, I told them... You are the gatekeeper, and I am the key master. And they were like, ooh, we don't want to fuck with you. So wait, did you have sex with the ghost? Uh, no, I had no sex. Well, that's what's, that's what's implied. They, like, make love and open <laughs> they, up a, they, a portal for, like, ghosts. They feared the title. Okay. And they were like, ooh, we got to <laughs> let him go. <laughs> was uh, Dr. Dr. Creature on hold? <laughs> Dr. Creature was definitely there. He was like, hey, yo, Andy. Like, did um, uh, did uh, did they ask you to choose the form of your destroyer? Uh, they did not. Okay. What would be your destroyer? Uh, the state puff motion element. Might be a giant dick. <laughs> Grayson. <laughs> the paws. <laughs> dick. Dot 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 dot. Grayson. It probably would be a giant like nightmare. So serious. That'd be the first thing pop in your head. Be like, look at the big dick attacking us. That's a big dick. And Grayson. Jack, jo- Jack-, Jack Johnson is just gonna throw mud at it. He <laughs> got like a mud pack on his back. It's like a jump pack. It's like the Rocketeer. He just flies using mud, spewing out, and he has a mud gun. Go what? for no match for Jack Johnson and his mud gun. In stores near you. If it's not Jack Johnson, it's not gold. Jack Johnson, billionaire, LLC. Providing you all of your mud needs. <laughs> you want to give the background of Jack Johnson? Okay. <laughs> it's pretty stupid. Kirsty and I were watching HGTV, like the, like the home... Where they do, like, the homes. It was, like, some stupid, like, TV show where a couple goes and, like, I forgot what the hell the name of the show was. It was, like, 
Love It or List It, it was called. So you have these couples who live in this home, this like nice big house, and they're like, you know what? Not happy with this house. So they have these two people come, and like one one of the people, one of the hosts of the show's job is to show these people new homes to visit and to see if they want to buy it. And then the other host's job is to renovate their home to their specifications and like completely remodel the entire house. And at the end, without them knowing, no, with them knowing, they give oh. like, oh, I want you to change this, 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 this. And so it's like they renovate the house, and at the end, it's like. Here are the houses you saw. Here's what your house looks like now. Do you still want to move? You move, you sell the house, and then you use that money to move into the new house. Or you stay where you are. And that's the whole premise of the show. So it's like it's usually like these big houses and these people with like too much money who are walking around and and they're like, I don't like this AC unit. I have to watch it every morning when I fucking eat my Cheerios in my big ass house. You know? Like, oh, this house is is too far away from the downtown area. You know, and it's just like these motherfuckers with all this money, and they were like showing them off, and they're like, "This is the mud room," and <laughs> here is the mud room. Like, what the fuck is a mud room? I've never heard of a mud room before. And so I came up with this Jack Johnson voice, and I was like, "Oh, the mud room, you know, Eleanor, the mud room where we stay, we have company." And Kirsty was like, "No, it's where they where they leave their shoes when they come in." No nonsense, the mud room filled with mud, as you see from my complexion, Eleanor. Get Sal on the phone, my mud man! And just kept going from there. You kept going here, like, before you started recording. You were on and on for 20 minutes in that voice. It was pretty impressive. I really like it. It's like my Great Gatsby, like, 1920s, like, mogul voice. Just always yelling at your Like, nonsense, old sport! Jack Johnson, mud! (laughs) If it's not Jack Johnson, it's gold. It's not gold. (laughs) <laughs> Make mine a Jack Johnson. Gold standard, Jack Johnson. Like Super Nerd Towels. <laughs> Super Nerd Towels brought to you by Jack Johnson, Billionaire LLC. If it's not Jack Johnson. <laughs> Jack Johnson is going to be the new mascot for SP. <laughs> It's going to be how we rate show or anything now. She's going to be like Jack Johnson's seal of approval. You have to you have to say yes in your Jack Johnson voice. Jack Johnson approved. The Jack Johnson seal of approval. Only $49.99. <laughs> Only Act now and it'll come with your mud pack. Does everything just come with mud? <laughs> If it's not mud, it's not Jack Johnson. Billionaire. <laughs> Old sport. What is he a billionaire of? Mud. Of course, the mud empire. There's nothing but mud, old boy. You know, like, when you think about it, that's a, that's a very lucrative business. You take the mud and you make bricks out of it. And you sell the bricks to some contracting or engineering company. And then it'll give you the most amazing, high, most high quality mud bricks ever. See, this boy's got it. Son, what's your name? You're going places. Gee willikers, mud man. I'm Chris Sampson. I'm 26 years old, but I sound like I'm 10. Chris Sampson, I like the cut of your jib. I'm hiring you to Jack Johnson billionaire. You can be my associate. Have you met Sal, my mud man? No, I haven't, but I sure like to meet him. Sal the mud man, I give you Chris Sampson. I like the cut of his jib. 
Hi, Sal. I'm Chris Sampson. Hey. I'm ready to work for you. Hey, Chris Sampson. I'm Sal. I am the Mudman. <laughs> He's also my superhero. Do you? <laughs> I keep on payroll. <laughs> All right, this is stupid. Let's move on. Now I, now I feel like Mudman has to be like a fucking superhero. He's like he's like his like um Iron Man. No, no, no. Guys, guys, Mudman has to team up with the Rang. Yeah. World's finest. I fucking wrote a whole background story for the Rang that we never You've heard of Batman Inc. Well now it's Jack Johnson Inc. Superheroes LLC featuring the Mudman and the Rang. I could do an, an entire, like, old-timey radio program where I just do, do the adventures of Mudman and Rain. Anyway. That's, that's our next project. Oh, man. So, uh, how are you guys? My voice is going to go away tomorrow. That's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to tape. Jack Johnson, Mudman, LLC is going to be immortal. When you go and post, you might want to just lower the volume on Jack Johnson because... He's pretty excited about that mud and mud associates. <laughs> Stan, I just want you to wake up and your your voice is stuck in, in Jack, Jack Johnson's, Johnson's permanently. <laughs> you just walk into your internship. Mud. <laughs> Why is there no mud? They're gonna look in at this you internship. like the fuck. She's <laughs> be like, "This is my mudroom." Jack Johnson, billionaire. See, it's fun to do when you, when you start doing it, right? With Jackie Johnson. Excuse me, why are there no books about mud here? I could write an entire book about mud. Would you publish it? No? Too bad, I'll publish it myself. Then I'll buy this place and turn it into my mud complex. Jack Johnson, 2016. I'm running for president. My platform is mud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, uh, so what... What party are you representing? Mud! Okay, I think Jack Johnson's gone for too long. <laughs> He's my character. I'm saying we need to move on. I'm sorry if you're listening to this Jack Johnson nonsense. I promise there's a podcast somewhere. If you dig deep enough, you'll get to a podcast. Just keep going. Keep going and don't stop. And don't look back. Because Jack Johnson might be there. Little do you guys know that as soon as we're done recording, I'm just going to cut out everything except for the first 15 minutes it's only the jack johnson stuff you am gonna publish and i'm gonna walk off and it's gonna be amazing no you're gonna ride off into the sunset in your motorcycle with your with your leather jacket imagine a horror yeah imagine a horror movie where jack johnson just follow you everywhere but he didn't do anything like villainous he was just always just like behind you you just step out of the shower and it's like need a towel old boy and you're like oh shit Wait, like, Stan, what does Jack Johnson billionaire mud man look like? Because I had to have a, an image of Clayface with like a monocle and a mustache and a top right, he's got He's got a pencil mustache, okay? He's got a side part, and right? he's got his hair slicked on the side. He wears a red silk robe at all times <laughs> with his initials embroidered on the chest. JJ, gold diamond behind it on top of a pile of mud. <laughs> you thought you thought this through, man. I this just came up with that on the spot. Okay, you asked me to visualize. I, I mean, I kind of, I don't know, whatever. Just based off of the voice, I kind of figured the side part and like maybe a monocle. He's like, I'm gonna be honest. He's like probably fifty percent Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Like honestly, uh, just the way he looks. 
It totally makes sense. Andrew Ryan is. Instead of rap- raptures in like a fucking giant puddle of mud. <laughs> Just like mud everywhere. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Jack Johnson needs a video game, a comic book, a horror movie. <laughs> Get this fucker everything. I built Rapture from the sweat of my mud. Or from the mud of my brow. Take your pick. I'm not choosy. I came from dirt and I built it into mud. My mud empire. Jack Johnson, billionaire. Okay, please, can we? I'm begging you. Stop making me do Jack Johnson. <laughs> oh, this is almost as bad as I begged for my life in the other world last week. I mean, what? I don't believe it. Go here. Sorry, real? All right, guys. You guys want to talk about the comics from last week? Let's talk about the comics right. from last week. Say I told you guys there'd be a podcast. It only took us 15 minutes. That's all right. And mud. And lots of mud. So much mud. Who wants to start? I guess I'll kick it off. So last week, I read, well, this week, I read We Are Robin issue five, four. I don't, I, I don't it's your book. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> uh, I questioned it. Uh, I don't know. It's like issue something. It'll be in the description. Right. But this uh, this issue pretty much just followed one of the lesser known Robins. And uh, I'm starting to believe that some of these Robins have like mental issues. Because like it followed this girl and throughout her day of school... Barbara Gordon was sitting next to her and she was talking to Barbara and like having a fucking conversation with that girl. And then the teacher was like, who the hell are you talking to? And they showed a picture of like, I guess the teacher's point of view and there was no one sitting next to her. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I was confused half of the book. But then that girl shows up and shit gets real. Like literally. Yeah. Or figuratively. Both. Both. (laughs) A little bit of both. Yeah, the Robin goes to, like, stop some crime, and uh, it winds up being, like, an ambush of, like, people who started a problem specifically to just pretty much fight a Robin and beat them up. And then Batgirl came in and was like, I'm going to kick your ass. And kicked ass. Kicked ass. Yeah. I mean, the, the other Robin, like, she was able, fully able to defend herself. Like, she was fighting off two of the guys already out of, like, the four that were jumping her. And then Batgirl just, like, felt the need to pop in, I guess. Let me ask you a question. I know you're following it because you like Robin, right, in general. Yeah. Do you think it's worth following if you don't really know anything about Robin or you're not the biggest Robin fan? Oh, it's definitely worth following. It's, like, really interesting to see... I don't know. It's not, like, about Robin or about Batman's sidekick, but it's about, like, pretty much, like, street kids who have nothing, like, find, I guess, a home in this gang of Robins who just do, like, vigilante shit. It's pretty badass. And they make, like, a nice community for the Robins. Like, they all all have each other's contacts, but they're all listed as, like, their Robin name, and they all make their own costumes. But yeah, I I'm fucking love Robin. Uh, we are Robin. Uh, even if you're not a fan of Robin, you should probably pick it up and check it out. It's definitely worth it. What's the art like? 
it's kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like very, very cartoony. It's kind of like a Batgirl's art. Oh, so a little bit. So it's not like the serious like Justice League style. No, art. no, definitely not. Okay. It's more of like uh this weird uh like just fun art. It's it's nothing too serious, but nothing too like childish. Mm-hmm. It has this nice middle ground. Cool. So you recommend reading We Are Robin? Hell yeah. You see yourself following it to its conclusion. Yeah. Just, definitely. Um, just, and then, just interrogating you about this book. I'm definitely gonna like continue it until it concludes, or as I was hinted at Comic Con, it's supposed to expand further. Into Robin War? Uh it expands into Robin War and then it's gonna keep going. Cool. But I wanna I wanna see where it's gonna go for Robin War. Two thumbs up? Hell two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Three if I had it. Whoa. That's many. You have a toe. That's many you toe. I have a toe. A big toe doesn't count as your thumb. Not really, unless you're like a monkey. This is true. Because they monkey. have like those those like feet that are like hands. It's so <laughs> weird. You seen like? Why don't we have? You ever those? seen like peeling banana so awesome. and shit? No. I think I had this conversation with Kiersey about like this fucking feet thing. Like we had feet like monkeys. Do you know how much shit we get done in a day? So much. We're so efficient. It's like awesome. it's like double the productivity with just like a, two extra hands instead of feet. Like if I had monkey feet, I would just lie back in my or recline back in my desk chair and type shit with my feet, and then eat with my other hands. That's what, that's and what I'm saying. So Why do we have these stupid ass feet that do nothing? They don't do anything. They're so useless. Because evolution. Because evolution was stupid and, and, and screwed us out out of opposable tumthos. Like, like, I'm, this is why Planet of the Apes happened. Because the fucking monkeys got smart and they're like, we have fucking two sets of hands. We can do twice as much. And that's why the humans fell so much. I didn't see like 90, 90% of the fucking Planet of the Apes movies. But I bet you that's the reason. <laughs> I've literally only seen the first one. With Charlton Heston. That's who it was, right? Yeah, Charles. Yeah, the only one I've ever seen was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You never seen the original? James Franco. Oh no, not even Rise. Dawn, the sequel. You didn't see the original? Oh wow. Nope. Ah, the my like oh man, the first one is so good. He's just like, it's like, you blew it up. God damn you all to hell! It's like the best. <laughs> it's fantastic. Love that movie. Uh. I mean, didn't the monkeys pretty much fail in the end? No, man, they they, they run shit. Monkeys rule the they earth. They run up because they got fucked with four hands. <laughs> We're just biding our time until the monkeys figure out what the fuck is going on. Then it's, it's, it's done because they have so many hands. I can, like, like Chris was saying, like, I can fucking play PS4 with my fucking, my, my arm hands. And then I can do my homework with my feet hands. It's a wrap. This is true. Your multitasking game will be so off the charts, and like your brains will develop new connections just from adapting to all all your activities, and it just neuroplasticity will go off the charts, and we will just become a, a new new race of humans, a new age, a new era. But no, all that is gone is ta- is torn away. Like Beast, he's got like hands on his feet, you know, the X Men Beast, <laughs> right? And he's so smart, he does he gets so much shit done. And I'm telling you, it's because he's got hand feet. (laughs) 
Where did this come from? Where did we start talking about this? This is the weirdest episode we've ever done. <laughs> you just like fucking segued yourself into that shit. <laughs> it's a hand feet? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hand feeding it over to Chris and like, Chris, what's your comic? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So last week, uh, I talked about the Justice League Dark Side War spinoff. So I talked about Batman number one. And I really enjoyed that. And to my surprise, uh, there was two, two more spinoffs. So you have Flash number one and Superman number one. So I talked. To, I'm going to talk about Flash. Did you, you didn't read Superman. I literally only had time this week. To did you pick up Superman? Read though? one comic. I did. I did I pick like, up the I Superman. I skimmed through one. it. It's it's pretty cool. It's like he's negative Superman, so he's kind of an asshole, but he still does the Superman thing where he's like. Like in Metropolis, and he's he's not. So it's like, what if Superman was a dick? If it's it's more like Superman's id, I would say, than like a evil version of Superman. So he kind of just does and says whatever he's thinking. Like he doesn't give us a fuck. He's just like he a monster like threatens Earth in the beginning, and he just like they always come for me because they they think they can take take the baddest dog. But <laughs> <laughs> they're in yard, they're in my yard now. He's like the Undertaker. He just fucking beats the shit out of the guy. And he goes and he goes back to Earth. He's like, I'm hungry. He goes to a diner and he's like, give me pie. He's like, I'm fucking hungry. And then Jimmy Olsen shows up. He's like, hey, Superman. He's like, get the fuck out of my face, Jim. I'm eating pie. And then he throws fucking Jimmy Olsen through the window. This is the best Superman ever. <laughs> I would follow so this Superman. I was going like, to say. Where the fuck is this? I, I was going to say he was like the equivalent of like, or I was going to ask him if he was the equivalent of, um. Remember that Justice League episode where it was like the Justice Lord Superman? It, it's but this is seems this guy seems even he's better. Better than just because Justice Lord Superman has like no emotion. Like he's just like so like cold and like calculating. This Superman, he's just like he's like bad day Superman. Like I don't give a fucking like last day of work Superman. Basically, he's like I don't give a fuck no more. Get the fuck out of my face, Jimmy Olsen. Turn your fucking watch off. I'm trying to eat my pie. God damn it. Burning all the bridges and salting all the earth. Negative Superman. Pretty much. You should definitely, you I should did definitely I did read cool. Negative Superman. Yeah, this sounds definitely like something I might follow. Wait, so wait, just for uh, a quick question. Uh, what new god is possessing Superman? Or is he... he did, as far as I know, because I stopped following Justice League, he just got charged by the solar energy of Apocalypse. Of a douche? Yeah. Oh, So really? Apocalypse wow. is like the asshole version of a planet, right? The whole planet's an <laughs> asshole, basically. So Superman gets charged by its fucking power, and then, you know, he's an asshole. Wait, I remember this. I remember talking about, a, a, like, the last time we talked about Justice League War. Yeah. It was Superman and Lex Luthor, and they were on Apocalypse, and they were escaping, and Superman got depowered. I want to see this Superman react with Lex Luthor. Oh, he's basically, I'm going I'm to fucking kick your ass. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what, basically what happened. <laughs> Isn't that what happens as soon as he turns into negative Superman? The first thing he does is like, I'm coming for you now, Lex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your ass. Exactly. All that exactly. This is what happens. he said to me, I'm an asshole now, too. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, Superman and, Superman without the power of the yellow sun, he gets weakened. So Lex Luthor has to, like, assist him as they travel across Apocalypse to try to get home or just get out of the way of all the parademons. I think Lex gets shot in midair by, like, some demon blast. And then Lex has the idea, wait a minute, there's fire on Apocalypse, and fire is, like, 
thermal energy or so if I throw him into the forest of apocalypse, Superman should get his powers back. So he drops Superman to the to the pits of apocalypse. And then negative Superman pops out and he's like, Lex Luthor, I'm gonna kill you. And that, that was the end of the issue. It was like, oh that shit. So he's just like Yeah. I'm telling you, last day of work Superman. That's just what it is. Alright. But yeah, so I'm really excited to to read Superman. So I read Dark Side War Flash. To back up, at the end of Dark Side War, Death, the Black Racer, uh, he's one of the new gods. He's basically like the Grim Reaper of the new god universe. So he possesses Barry Allen, and Barry Allen kills Dark Side. We pick off pretty much straight after the aftermath of Dark Side dying. Death, the Black Racer, he requires uh, a new human host to preserve the balance of the universe because um, without him and without the power of death operating, all of the universe as they know it would implode on itself. So Barry and the Black Racer, they go through this, I guess, somewhat psychological, somewhat astral plane-like struggle for control. So the Black Racer wants Flash to to accept the role as like the new angel of death and Barry being very traumatized and motivated to not kill or to not cause unnecessary death is like very resistant. So they go through this, this dance of whether or not Barry will accept the new role. And it's really interesting because it, it, it plays a lot into Barry Allen's canonical history. Like one of the big motivations for him being a hero was the death of his mother and making sure no one else dies on his watch. I mean, that's why that's one of his main motivations being the fastest man alive. Like I could, I could be fast enough. I can be there at any place at any time fast enough to save people. But in this inner struggle, they raise themes of like, Oh, the flash may, might be the fastest man alive, but he can't outrun death. He can't outrun time. He can't outrun entropy or just the, the laws of the universe. So it was dealing with some pretty heavy philosophical concepts like that. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, the art's beautiful. Um, I've It's written by Rob Williams. The artist is Jesus Moreno. Actually, that name sounds familiar. Didn't we meet someone named Jesus at New York Comic Con? <laughs> Maybe you did, but I didn't. I don't, I don't know. But like, this I art like is so... Chris, I, yeah, I think it was when so you and I were going through uh, Artist Alley. Was he doing the night the Nightwing arc? He might have been. It might have been one of the people doing the Nightwing arc, or like right next to his booth. Right yeah, next that to sounds him. really familiar. I don't know. This is gonna bother me. The name does sound familiar. Yeah, but this art is so beautiful, and like I have to give major props to Guy Major. He's the colorist. The Black Racer's costume, when combined with Flash, is so cool. It's all jet black, and it has streaks of electricity. It looks like a, a mix between Ultron meets, like, a Tron villain. And I don't want to spoil what happens in the end, but it's it's like another oh shit moment. Because last week, last week, Bat God, how it resolved, he's, he was gunning for the Joker. The ending of this issue is, is it, it's on the same scale. So I really, ex- I really hope all these new God spinoffs have their own ongoing titles. To me, it just sounds like placeholders until Justice League 46 comes out. 
And I really, I just want maybe like like in Earth three or Earth four, just a universe populated by new god Justice Leaguers. I just want ongoings for all those titles. And I'm not sure who else is gonna become a new god. I mean, Superman. We just talked about him. The comic book guy I was talking to, he said like Lex Luthor is gonna gonna have his own spinoff. I would really love to see like Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, their equivalents of new gods. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. So two thumbs up or four thumbs up, five bananas, all that stuff. Oh, that's how we got fucking hands. I just thought of that. Because of the thumb on the foot. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> now I see. So cool. Is it is this reigniting your interest in the Justice League book? Between Bat God and Flash and your description of Superman, I'll definitely pick up forty six and see what happens. Yeah. Um I really hope I really hope they continue with this strong momentum that they're building up with these issues because like the writing is so strong on this and i just i don't want them to reverse all the the good work they did or just like make or make it like a major disappointment like like we had with bat god back in like issue i don't know like 42 or 43 so let me know if it's good and you let us all know definitely just let us all know if we should still be reading and caring about justice league because right now okay my turn yeah all right so picked up a few different comics this week but i think the one that i want to talk about the most is extraordinary x-men number one i wasn't going to pick this up at all and because that's umberto ramos does the art and i don't like his art he's probably one of the main reasons why stopped following spider-man because <laughs> i just don't like his art it's it's not for me but his art in extraordinary x-men is not terrible it's not the worst i've seen it you know it's 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 all right it's he's got some weird weird bo- weird people shapes going on but it's it's mostly good um <clears throat> i was really desperate for an x-men book I, I really want to follow X-Men. I don't know. I can't explain why I want to follow X-Men, but X-Men is, is – they're, they're cool. They're, they are cool people. And so I was like, hey, you know what? Marvel's relaunch, relaunching most of its books. I want to read some X-Men. So I picked up Extraordinary, Extraordinary X-Men. I also picked up Uncanny X-Men 600. And I'm glad – honestly, I'm glad I picked up 600 because it sets up, as far as I can tell, all the other number one X-Men books that's coming out. So I wouldn't have as much context for Extraordinary X-Men number one. I can't even say it. Extraordinary X-Men number one if I didn't read Uncanny X-Men 600 first. So if you like X-Men and you're thinking of starting anew with with all these relaunches, definitely go back and pick up Uncanny X-Men 600. It's a really good issue. But um, I want to talk about Extraordinary X-Men because I like the idea of this team that storm is building it's that's essentially the main idea of this first issue is that storm needs to build a new x-men team and um because the hostility towards mutants is getting even worse than it used to be because of some bullshit that scott summers pulled in uncanny x-men 600 where he he essentially calls for a mutant revolution and so everyone around the world is now really fucking hostile towards mutants and so Storm, who is, like, in charge of the X-Men school now, is sort of like, we need to build a new team of X-Men. And what I like about this is that she's kind of going and finding 
you know, she's not like grabbing whoever is like nearby. She's like, I'm, I'm going to grab these like five students right now, make them X-Men. She's like, I'm going to go and find who I think are the best X-Men possible. And that it's, it's not like all X-Men who are currently available. So for example, she goes and she gets Jean Grey, like young Jean Grey from the past and tries to convince her to join the X-Men. Then there's, you know, spoilers, but he's like on the cover, old man, Logan, she tries to, well, the thing about old man Logan is that she, she doesn't really know that he's around. So that's kind of like one of the spoilers for the issue, but he's in all the fucking marketing for the new X-Men. So you kind of, he's, he's on the fucking cover. Like, come on, you know, he's in the book. He's not joining it. Neither is Jean Grey. Cause, cause Jean Grey, um, um, in uncanny X-Men 600, she decides that she doesn't, she wants to take a break from being a mutant being an X-Man and just going to regular college because there's too much shit going on. And, you know, you're Jean Grey. You're the fucking... You're supposed to be the Phoenix, but you're not really anymore because you got pulled out of your timeline. You kind of want to have a normal life. I get that. So she's trying to get away from the X-Men, but Storm is trying to pull her back in because she's like, oh, we need you more than ever. Cool thing about this is that she gets um, Colossus to join. And... Colossus is fucking cool in this X-Men. I've not I know Chris, you're like a huge Colossus fan. I'm not really a big Colossus fan. But mm-hmm. this version of Colossus is fucking badass. He's like he's like on his own on the farm. He's like pulling like attracted by himself. He like yells at a bear. He's got a fucking beard. He's he's beardy as fuck. Look at this guy. He's he's got a beard. He's got like this hipster haircut. He kind of reminds me of uh, a more brolic version of Zangief. That's what I was thinking, too. He's got, like, this Zangief vibe about him. And he's just, like, drinking vodka, like, on a farm. <laughs> he's got this full beard. When he turns to Colossus, his beard turns to metal. He's got a fucking metal beard, this guy. And, yeah, he's a fucking badass. He's so he's so big. He's he's He looks, honestly, he looks a lot bigger than Colossus that I know, you know? Like, yeah. he, he, he's, he looks like he put on, like... like twice the size like muscle mass so he's got like this big these huge fucking arms with like these steel veins and shit like he just looks like the man and he's also the x-men also have magic that's m-a-g-i-k i I think which is colossus's sister and she's a mutant who has magic powers and essentially she mentions that she's being trained by dr strange so she's a mutant who's being trained by the Sorcerer Supreme and is a part of the X-Men now. Yeah, there's a there's a great podcast called Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. And if you want a amended or like a shortened version of like all the continuity, uh, you should really, really listen to that. They break it down to really digestible bites and you can get caught up with all, like all the continuity of X-Men because the continuity of X-Men could be very, very complicated at times. So they're, they're, they devoted at least like two or three episodes about magic and how she got her demon sorcerer powers. And it's an amazing listen. So definitely check it out. The cool thing about this though is that you actually don't need it because I have no idea who half these fucking people are. Right? There's this fucking jelly skeleton man, like, carrying a box in one panel. I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know who he is, but he's a skeleton jelly man. And a ghost. And I think he's cool. Yeah, there's, like, some ghost mutant and shit. They're probably not going to be a part of the X-Men, but it's just cool seeing these crazy-ass mutants in the background. 
And I think the team that Storm is putting together is really cool. I think Storm in general just looks badass. Storm is super fun. badass. They they that's what I'm, I feel Wait, like, is it Mohawk Storm? Yes, it's Mohawk, Mohawk Storm. Yes, that's the best yes. Storm there is. So that's the, the best that's Storm the ever. Thing. This X Men team feels like the greatest hits of X Men because you got you have Brolic as bearded Colossus, you have Mohawk Storm, you have Iceman, you have Young Jean Grey, you have Old Man Logan. You have Magic, who's got, like, Sorcerer Supreme skills now. It's just, like... This, and a Soul Sword. Yeah, and and this, like, Magic fucking sword that she's got. I, I don't know who the fuck this is. I've never seen this person before, this Magic person. But here she is, and she's fucking crazy. Man, X-Men's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> anyway, the art, the art is not my favorite. That's probably the one detractor. It's It's... It's okay. It it's you know like hey, I appreciate him giving Colossus a beard and like making him like eight times his normal size. So like it's not all bad. Oh, um, night night guy is in there. You know night guy. Yeah. What's his name? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> night guy. Night guy. He's not my favorite. Nightcrawler is actually one of my favorite X Men. Of course, because he's got night in his name. No, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, because because Nightcrawler is so awesome because he's like a swashbuckler kind of character. I don't. I never like. Actually, Night- I've always I started liking Nightcrawler in X Men the ninety two series. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. He's not my favorite. I don't know. There's something about him that I just don't like that much. I don't know. Nothing against the guy. He's just he's just not he's my cool ex. As he's, fuck. I don't know. Maybe he'll he's grow just, on me. The thing is, he like that- instant transmissions everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and plus he has like a little, he has a posse of like miniature nightcrawlers, and they're called the Bats. Oh, I hate those fucking they're guys, like man. Those guys are so <laughs> stupid, man. I read Spider Man and the X Men number one, and they were like all up in this shit, like fucking pulling pranks on Peter Parker. I'm like, fuck these guys. These guys are assholes. I don't like them. I don't know something about it. Something about Nightcrawler just don't just don't sit well with me. I picked up Amazing X Men number one too. Like I've had multiple instances where I've tried to get into X Men. And then Nightcrawler always stops me. I'm like, this guy, I don't want to look at this. The Hulk. Don't, don't show me the picture of the Hulk right now. We're talking about X-Men. So what I'm saying is I've tried to get into X-Men a few times before. I picked up Amazing X-Men number one. It was all about Nightcrawler. I didn't like it. I picked up Spider-Man and the X-Men, fucking Bamps, fucking assholes. I didn't like it, right? This book, even though Humberto Ramos is doing the art, and I don't really like his art, is still cool enough because I like the idea of this greatest hits X-Men team. And I like I like how it how the issue ends with the not so reveal of Old Man Logan, and it's just interesting because Wolverine is dead in the main Marvel universe, so he's essentially being replaced by Old Man Logan. He's not Wolverine. That's X twenty three's job now. But it's still interesting to see how they're going to react to the fact that a version of Logan mm-hmm. exists again. And, and it, I, this is bothering me because Secret Wars Old Man Logan still hasn't finished. I have no idea when the last issue came out. Like the last thing I knew was that Old Man Logan is still stuck in that Hellspawn part dimension where it's invested by zombie symbiotes. Well, and I don't know if he ever got out. Well, like, somehow Logan is in this book in like fucking Canada fighting the Sentinel. The- this is this is my favorite part of the book. I think a giant sentinel comes out like it's gonna attack Logan, and Logan jumps on him and stabs him in the chest. And the sentinel goes, "Please don't hurt me." <laughs> and Logan's like, "Don't hurt you? What the fuck?" 
<laughs> like that's his. Re- that's exactly what he says. They like block out the curse, but he's like, "Don't hurt you." What the fuck? So this is a sentient sentinel. I don't know. I don't know, his, awesome. I don't know what his deal is, but it's just like he's like, "Please don't hurt me." He's just like, "Please wait." Marvel, please tell me that the Sentinel is going to be part of the X-Men team. That would be That'd great. That would be so awesome. That would be great if, like, a good version of a Sentinel joined the X-Men. That would be amazing. Uh, That's why, like, she, like this is why I'm it. really excited please for do this, it. this book. Even though I had no intention of following it before, I picked this up on a limb because I had an X-Men itch. And it, and it scratches the itch, you know? Like, I, I've got, like, a lot of X-Men shit that, like, was really cool. And so I'm really excited for the second issue. I don't know yet if I'm going to be following it, following it, but they definitely have me hooked and excited for issue two. So if you like X-Men, but you haven't had a good opportunity to jump in, I would say absolutely pick up this book and then for sure pick up Uncanny 600 because you don't need much to get what's going on here, but there's a lot of good context and moments in Uncanny X-Men 600. So on its own, it's a very good book and definitely worth the read. A lot of shit goes down in that book, but it also sets up all the other X-Men books. So pick this up, pick that up if you have any interest in X-Men. Stan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't read Uncanny X-Men 600. Actually, it's kind of weird. I I went to the comic book shop like two or three times. I couldn't seem to find any of the 600 issues. I think... Maybe they all sold out. Maybe. I don't know. I hope not. I need need to pick it up because I need to to read X-Men now, but... Is 600 the issue where they mention, like, the Terrigan Mists are, are killing mutants? I, th- I think yeah. so. I remember reading that. I'm not sure if I read it in, in Extraordinary X-Men or Uncanny, but I, it might yeah, have been. Yeah, because, like, from, my, from what I've heard from the people I was talking to the comic shop, what's, what's going on is um, there's, a, there's, like, a giant release of the Terrigan Mists that give the humans their powers, and apparently... It's very, very toxic and poisonous to mutants. Actually, I think it makes them infertile. And Yeah, that's I forgot all about that. That's another thing is that there can't be any more X-Men. They're all sterile now. And so they're trying to find another thing that they're trying to do by assembling these X-Men is like kind of try to get to the bottom of that, that problem and try to make it so that they can reproduce again and cure themselves. So some pretty pretty heavy shit. I got mad distracted by like all the cool stuff that was happening, and I forgot all about that. But there you go, important plots for you. Thanks, yeah, Chris. So yeah, definitely pick up this. I also picked up a, co- a couple of other books this week or last week rather that I think you should hear about. Doctor Strange number two, I also picked up. All I'm going to say about that is to read it. It's not as good as issue one. And so I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to keep following it. I'm going to give it to issue three. The reason why is because there was too much focus on Doctor Strange's house. and It was kind of boring. And so I would say read it, not necessarily buy it. Cover gives off like a Beetlejuice vibe. I know, because of the, the tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other book that I picked up was Howard the Duck number one. Fucking buy this book. Okay? Buy it. It's really funny. Howard Duck gets to some crazy shit. He's like, he buys a new hat. Howard the Duck always gets into some crazy shit. That's 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 what's so great about the Howard the Duck. Howard the, 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 Howard the Duck book is that he gets into some crazy shit all the time. He gets he gets a new hat, like like they teased in this new issue, new hat, and it just there's a lot of jokes. They poke up, they poke a lot of fun about the Marvel universe in Howard the Duck, and there's a whole B story about Gwenpool, which is kind of interesting she's okay she's all right you know Gwen Stacy is Deadpool I don't know why the fuck that happened but apparently there's a Gwenpool running around the main Marvel universe now 
and it's weird. She's insane. Stan, I have a question. With Howard the Duck being so popular, or, or this issue one being so good, do you think the MCU will ever adopt or adapt a Howard the Duck movie? I mean, he showed up at the he end He shows up of, in Guardians. Um, yeah, Guardians. So, I mean, Marvel never inserts those types of Easter eggs or jokes without paying it off later in some form or fashion. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'd totally see it. It would have to be a almost straight comedy movie, but I, I, I would see it. I mean, that's what the original Howard the Duck was. Yeah, but I think if they did it now, it would be even better because they could actually tie it into the MCU and all the other superheroes because this is what this does. It's like you get – there's um in the original five issues or whatever it was of Howard the Duck before they relaunched, he like makes Spider-Man cry <laughs> about like reminding him about Uncle Ben. I don't really remember, but like shit like that happens. He makes, he makes a reference. For some reason, his his um, I need to read the trade for this of the first five issues before the relaunch relaunch because apparently his secretary was like Aunt May. For some reason, <laughs> like she shows up in this issue, where where like Aunt May is like going over his his itinerary for the day, and he's like, I just want to go home. Thank you, Aunt. Thank you, Aunt May, but I want to go home. Like it, it's like this is a weird thing, and I get this whole like vibe where it's it make it reminds me a little bit of. Um, Hawkeye, not all new Hawkeye, but the, um, the Matt Fraction, the Hawkeye. Yeah. That the Matt Fraction run. And it reminds me of superior foes of Spider-Man, which is like a phenomenal book. Does she Hulk appear in this? No, not, not in this one, but you know what? Honestly, Howard Duck is so good. You need to read it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to get it too much into it cause I wanted to talk about X-Men, but you should absolutely be reading Howard Duck. I'm not sure if I'm going to be following it, but I think I might just because I, I like the idea of following a book that's mostly comedy and fun. So I may pick it up and keep following it. But you should definitely give it a shot. If you if you like Marvel, if you like in-jokes, like Marvel superhero jokes and like weird situations that Howard Duck gets in, definitely read it. It's, it's really funny. But yeah, those are the books I picked up last week. <laughs> I have a lot of energy today. I don't know why. It's Jack Johnson. <laughs> Stan, you're powered um, by mud. Our, I'm powered by salt. Yeah, I'm powered by mud. This Andy, week. what are you powered by? I am powered by the souls of the dead. Excellent. <laughs> all right, all right. It's an all new Andy. All, right. all new Andy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So you're oh. the you're the sixth Andy or the fifth Andy? I think you're, I'm. I think I think you're the fifth. You're the fifth Andy. I think it's the fifth. One of these days, we got to go over your previous lives and figure out what. What happened to the other Andes? Fuck him. So you're a Time Lord? Are you officially confirming the fact that you're a he, Time Lord? He's like, yeah, he's, he's more or less a Time Lord. I'm not, I'm not confirming it, but I'm not denying it. Oh, okay. you tease. Right. <laughs> Chris, Chris, you want to... You wanna, I guess we'll just have to figure out next time in yeah. Super Nerd Pals. Chris, you want to go over um, the comics releasing this Wednesday? Sure. All right. By the time this episode goes live, new comics will have come out. So why don't we talk about a few of the ones that we're looking forward to reading and perhaps covering on next week's episode. So all this information is coming from MidtownComics.com. They have a weekly release page. And it's really cool because they provide images of all the covers and all the prices. 
And it's all organized in a very efficient fashion. So we're going to start off with Dark Horse. This is interesting. Dark Horse is publishing a Mirror's Edge comic. It's a Mirror's Edge Exordium. Do you guys like Mirror's Edge? Or have you played the games? I've, I've played parts of the first one. I don't know if I'm going to revisit it or just... I, I kind of want to give it a second try with two. But I feel like I picked up Mirror's Edge like way out of the loop for me to give a fuck. I was way, way into Mirror's Edge when it came out. I, I remember getting the demo on the Xbox, and I just would play the demo over and over again because I was so into it. And the game came out, and it was it was good, but then it got really tedious towards the end. But now I have, like, no interest in the sequel. It was a good game, but it wasn't, like, so good that I was, like, clamoring for another installment. All right. So there's not many other titles of Dark Horse that are of interest right now. However, DC Comics... Starting Wednesday, they're rolling out their Looney Tunes variants. And these variants, they look really cool. So you have, for Batman, Superman number 26. It's Sylvester and Tweety, and they're, like, fighting, like... It's based off of uh, Dark Knight Returns. I like the fact that Tweety's holding a fucking gun and a knife. (laughs) Badass Tweety, I like it. But I want want Sylvester to just punch the shit out of him, because I fucking hate Tweety Bird, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Fucking hate that guy. He's such an asshole. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why do you hate Tweety? He's a fucking asshole. It's the same reason why I hate Jerry from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> you know, like, like fucking... You just vote for, like... So are you against underdogs in general? No, kill the helpless Tom, animals. Tom is not evil. He's doing his fucking job as a house cat. You you look at my cats and say that they're evil? No, they're fucking... They want to hang out. They want to they be on your lap. They're, they're like, nice level. The fucking mice. You don't want the fucking mice. <laughs> Fuck those guys. They're They're gross. Right, they smell bad. Right, they eat your shit. You know, they like nibble on shit. Like, who the fuck wants that? No, fuck that. Fuck Jerry. Jerry's an asshole too. Jerry like just runs in, he'll just like, eat the fucking food. He'll like torment Tom, and then he'll just fucking like chill on his bed at the end of the day. Fuck that. <laughs> anyway, Tweety Bird is an asshole too because like I don't know. I should probably not hate on Tweety Bird so much because. Tweety Bird's kind of just trying to live his life, and Sylvester's the one who's trying to eat him. You know, Tweety Bird's a pet also. But I just I fucking hate him. You know, he's got, like, this fucking weird-ass voice. I just want to like, fuck that guy. <laughs> well, say so you don't have to worry, because in the cover of Catwoman, Catwoman is holding Tweety, and she has, like, I'm gonna eat you kind of look going on, so... Good, I hope, I hope she fucking eats Tweety Bird. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite covers right now is um, Batman Volume 2, number 46. Is Batman jumping down from above and he's about to attack um, Rocky and Muggsy, the two gangsters? Yeah, I like that cover a lot, actually. Anything you want from DC, Andy? Do you see anything that catches your eye for this week? How about Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo, uh, where are you, 63? Sorry to interrupt, but like Justice League Dark Side War, they're doing Green Lantern and Shazam spinoffs. Oh, shit. I'm going to pick those up. That sounds so awesome. They they (laughs) They don't have the covers on them. So I'm really upset about that. Because they don't want to spoil it from for you, Chris. They want to they want to make you surprised when you come see it. Let's see what else. Nothing really catches my eye from yeah, DC. Yeah, not from honestly. DC. I haven't been. Oh, actually, you know, as a matter of fact, Superman: American Alien number one comes out this week, and that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, so it's most it's mostly about like Clark Kent. You know, it's kind of got like a Smallville sort of vibe to it. And I'm just interested in it because I'm a, I'm a sucker for Superman. And if this is interesting, I may be picking it up. Wait, is it a young Clark Kent? Yeah, as far as I as far as it looks to me, 
Yeah, it's a seven-issue miniseries chronicling the life of Clark Kent and his development into the archetypical hero he will eventually become. But these are not the stories of the iconic Superman as you know him, but but of the soft-spoken, charming, often funny Kansas farm boy behind the simple, wait, behind the Man of Steel. Tone of each issue ranging from heartwarming and simple to frighteningly gritty and violent to sexy, sun-kissed, and funny. Superman, American Alien, is unlike anything you've seen before. I kind of just want negative Superman to start bullying <laughs> young Clark Kent just because he can. Clark Kent? <laughs> Give me your lunch money! Blah! Maybe that's why Clark becomes Superman. Like, someone need to stop this asshole. I'm gonna stop this asshole. And again, all this information you can find on the Midtown <laughs> website. Let's move on to Dynamic Entertainment. I'm sorry, wow. Dynamite. Yes! Dynamite Entertainment. <laughs> uh, so you have Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat number two yeah, is coming out. I have no out. idea. Grumpy Cat had. Oh wait, is Grumpy Cat a he or she? Is a she? It is I didn't a know she. She had a comic. So yes. That's surprising. Now, now you do. There's also Aliens Vampirella number three. I haven't been following it, but I may pick up the trade because Aliens. Oh wait, no, that's not. No, so it's not issue three. Never mind. It's a like special variant. Never mind. That's have, not you, have you been following Aliens Vampirella? <laughs> Vampirel, oh my god, wow. I cannot No, talk. I'm gonna I may pick up the trade once it comes out, but I'm not I'm not too interested in following it month to month. I'm like I'm like cursory interested because of aliens, but I'm not I don't know anything about Vampirella. Except that she's a vampire Ella. Ella. A A under my vampire A A Ella Under my Vampire Ella. Except for they won't no. be going to Canada. IDW Publishing, so there's a bunch of Back to the Future comics coming out, or variants for uh, Volume 2, Number 2. I guess that's it for... IDW does mostly licensed books, so like Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, X-Files, etc. So, um, they also do Godzilla, which I was following Godzilla and Hell for a while, but I like fell off on that. But what issue are they up to in Godzilla and Hell? Jeez, I don't even know. Like, I, I stopped think issue it, four? Just, like, yeah, perhaps... Perhaps. Image. Anything from Image? I know you're looking at Walking uh, Dead. that Walking Dead. Yeah. Wow, this is this is a really long title. It's called Codename Abushka Conclave of Death. So I'm guessing like a Black Widow Russian spy sort of comic? This sounds kind of that interesting. That sounds kind of cool. Uh, Chris, Limbo number one. A detective with no memory, no identity, and no manners. A femme fatale seeking escape from a powerful crime lord, a voodoo queen with a penchant for mixtapes and high tops, a goat-eating TV. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Dedande City, where good people check under their beds at night and reality is never quite what it seems. A new surreal neon noir series crossing 50s pulp with an 80s VHS visual aesthetic drawing from the likes of Carpenter, Cronenberg, and David Lynch. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. That sounds really as cool. As soon as she yeah. said Carpenter, I was like, I, and Cronenberg, I'm in. That's Hey, it's only $2.99 also. That's great. That's, that's yeah, a plus in my is... I Now that I'm looking at it, I think I might pick this up. I had no... Uh, I just kind of like saw the uh, the cover and it just caught my eye. Yeah, that's that's the thing with Image, you know? Like, I'm I'm excited. I'm like interested because it's number one. If it was like limo number three or four, I'm like, no, fuck that. I, I ain't got time to research what happens in those previous issues. But yeah, that looks, have that, to pick this up. That looks pretty cool. I'm sure one of us will pick it up. Walking <laughs> Dead 148. Do they do they go to space? 
<laughs> Carl and the Moonwalker. No, Car- what was it? Carl becomes a cyborg, goes to, like, finds a NASA rocket, goes to the International Space Station, finds out all the astronauts died from starvation are now Moonwalkers. Get it? Because space. And Michael Jackson. And and the comic is going to be called Cyber... What Cyber Carl and the Moonwalkers. Cyber Carl and the Moonwalkers. That's my new fan fiction. Speaking of Michael Jackson, have you ever seen like the original music video for the short film based on Moonwalker or Smooth Criminal? Nope. Yeah, I, I think I saw it. He's got like a suit and there's like all these like like gangsters shooting up a bar or something. It's Joe Pesci as a drug lord with like stormtrooper like riot squad army guys. Alright, Chris, you need to link this to me like fucking tomorrow. I can't believe you've never seen this. Well like fucking yesterday. He leans really far forward. I don't know how he does. He does that with patented shoes on a stage. These little rods that pop up and yeah, there's like little hooks that. Why did you tell me this? I wanted to keep the magic alive, and you fucked it up. Exactly. Thanks, guys. I I feast on your tears. Ha ha ha. Okay. That was that was that was the the limpest villainous like monologue I've ever heard. Uh, Feast on your tears. Ha ha. ha. Anyway, moving on. But let me set up Moonwalker for you. So it's um, it's like a short film that's set that's built around his music videos for Smooth Criminal and Come Together. So like the the cover of the Beatles song. So Michael Jackson is hanging out with some kids. They're like playing in like a, a field or a prairie, and then they somehow end up in this dystopian world ruled by Joe Pesci, who preys on the weak and or innocent by getting them ad- addicted to drugs. So Michael Jackson's like, no, I'm not having any of this. So with this shooting star that keeps popping up throughout the entire short film, Michael Jackson wages like a one-man war on Joe Pesci and his crime syndicate. The shooting star turns him into a car. It turns him into a robot. It turns him into a plane. And it's awesome. I need to see this shit. That was that sounds ridiculous. It's trippy. Like like he turns to a robot. His shoulders like emits like this giant Gatling laser gun and it starts shooting everyone. And you know how Michael Jackson like like he yelps or he sh- he shouts. Well, he uses that as, as like as like a special move. He like sh- he like screams and the sonic wave blasts out and knocks people off. It's awesome. So yeah, Michael Jackson, sci-fi warrior of the future. You need to send this video. Yeah, I will. I will. It's, it's, I need, I need it's, to see it. It's fantastic. Marvel? Oh, um, well, I just saw this really cool title from Image. It's called Goddamn Number One. It's an it's a apocalyptic comic, and I'm reading the description. Oh, of course. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> but it's it's like biblical apocalyptic comics stuff. Oh, Jason Aaron writes it. He does. He does Star Wars, I think. So I'm going to read the description. It's 1,655 years after Eden and Life on Earth has already gone to hell. The world of man is a place of wanton cruelty and wickedness. Prehistoric monsters in Stone Age marauders roam the land. Murder and destruction are the rule of the day. Humankind is a failed experiment. This is a life before the flood. This is the story of man on the verge of his first apocalypse. So it's basically humankind descending into sin after they cast out of paradise and after like the first murder by like Cain and Abel and just it's just like the wickedness of man multiplies and this is a comic of what it's like to live in that and I'm really interested this is so cool Marvel Marvel everyone Marvel Marvel Marvel, Marvel. 
Wow. Okay. Marvel has been like putting out really good shit lately. I have to say, like when I started collecting comics like two years ago, like seriously doing it, it was mostly DC. But now that Marvel's sort of been coming out with all these great. That's how it books. was for me. I started off collecting mostly DC, and now my my uh, collection seems to be swaying more towards Marvel. Mine too. It's like I so I was like just it was like Justice League, Harley Quinn, Batgirl, Batman, Superman. And now it's Red Lanterns, and then they fucking canceled Red Lanterns on me, those assholes. And then it whittled all the way down to what I think I'm just collecting Batgirl right now. <laughs> I'm desperate to, to, to follow more DC, but right now, the only thing that grabs me is Batgirl. I'm in the same boat. It's just, um, you know, it's Batman, like Scott Snyder's run, and then sporadically it's Justice League with the Dark Side War stuff. But um, especially this past week, like I, I picked up so much Marvel stuff, and it's just going to accelerate with this week because like i i need to pick up all new wolverine number one x23 all new all different avengers is going to be really cool too because it it has miles morales on the team it's got jane foster thor it's got you know miss marvel yeah it's a cool cover it's got nova on the team it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really interesting, and it's it's one of the books that I'm planning on. It's got Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark. It's got a robot named the named the Vision. Maybe you heard of him. Maybe not. It's hey, Paul Bettany. As you know, from from the popular movie Avengers: Age of Ultron comes the Vision. Wait. So who's the leader of Avengers in this lineup? Uh, probably. I mean, the setup. The setup. From what the description reads, I feel like it's it's Tony Stark, Sam Wilson, Jane Foster, and then you have, you know, the other people. <laughs> it says Captain America, Thor, Vision, and Iron Man, so they're like the adults, and then you have Nova, Miss Marvel, and Miles, who are like the new recruits who they're kind of bringing up. I feel like Captain America is still the uh, yeah Captain like Sam Wilson is probably going to be leading them, honestly. Which is it? Which would be interesting to see how he how he does as like the leader of the Avengers, because I don't I don't think he was he the leader of the Avengers before Secret Wars. I don't know. I didn't I didn't follow Avengers. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Right. I didn't I didn't like I really didn't follow much Marvel until recently, but now I'm like really interested to see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's that's coming out this week. That I'm super interested about. Um, Chris, like you said, all new Wolverine comes out. I'm crazy interested in this. Because X-23 is Wolverine, and she has the suit, and she's got the The claws. classic yellow suit. Oh, so glad yeah. it's coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how she does as as the new Wolverine. Absolutely something I need to pick up. I wish it wasn't $5. You know, thanks, Marvel. You know, that's that's my favorite thing about Marvel is all, well, comic books in general. They're not afraid to hike up the book an extra buck or two if it's a monumental issue. You know, I'm not seeing on this list. I'm not seeing Old Man Logan. Come on, finish up the Secret Wars arc. I need to know what but, happens. But you know what is he? Fucking Secret Wars. Oh, all new Wolverines also got a, a hip hop. Oh, that's a fucking sick variant. I love the hip hop variant so much. I met I met the the artist for the cover of Doctor Strange's hip hop variant, the um the Doctor Dre. Yeah. inspired one and he signed the issue and then he said that he was going to do the Howard the Duck issue also which is the other one that I picked up so I, I'm I'm really digging these hip hop covers it, the hip hop covers are so like cool to me that I almost picked up Deadpool number one 
Just because of the hip-hop variant? Yeah, and I, I don't really like Deadpool that much. What was the hip-hop variant for that one? I don't know. I wish I knew what the actual... Because I'm, you know, I'm not that big on these the actual covers. Like, the, the original album art, but I just like the way the, the variants look. I'm sure there's, like, a link or something to comparing them. I am definitely picking up Carnage issue one, and that's the Carnage hip-hop variant. I wonder what that's for. We have to figure out. We have to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Fucking, I definitely want Carnage, though. That, well, what's Carnage about here? What the hell is he doing, man? He's just chilling. What's he about? What's, what's, what's Carnage's deal? What's he been up to? Get ready to scream. Great start. <laughs> Carnage. Quote, quote, Carnage the homicidal symbiote is back and he's leaving a trail of bodies behind him. The Phoebe is hot on his trail <laughs> with a different playbook since the serial killer is a supervillain. They've equipped with the latest sonic tech and, and a team including military hero astronaut John Jameson and reform Eddie Brock toxin. And when, but when Carnage escapes into an... I didn't know Eddie Brock was toxin now. Yeah. Oh. Because I know he was anti-venom. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I didn't know he was toxin. That's what I'm saying. Now he's like toxin. It's oh. strange. Anyway, I guess if you pick it up, you can tell us all about it. Yeah. Darth Vader number 12. Hell yeah, he's Darth Vader. He got a lightsaber. That's all you need to know. <laughs> this is interesting. I'm looking at um this new title called Illuminati number one. That's, yeah, I just clicked from, on it. Yeah, from what it sounds like, it sounds like, like B-list or C-list villains who are just just tired of having bad days all the time. They just want to like live their lives and not get killed. So they're, they're banded together and just to survive the, the new reality that is uh, all new, all different Marvel. So this, yeah, this reminds me a little bit of superior foes of Spider-Man, but I don't know if this is going for a comedy angle. This seems like the, like a villain Illuminati to me, whereas superior foes was like, all of Spider-Man's, like, C-list and D-list enemies, like, getting together to try, like, pull off a heist, but they, they're really bad at it. <laughs> You've never read Superior Foes, right? No. It is so good. You should totally read it. It's, I should pick up the trade. It's so funny. It's, like, it's so funny. It's, like, I think they're led by, like, the boomerang or something, and, like, the shocker, and he gets, like, shocker gets, like, locked in a trunk or something. <laughs> it's just, it's just, like, so ridiculous. It's great. I'm looking at the, the names of these heroes. I literally haven't heard any of them. Like The Hood, Titania, Mad Thinker, Thunderball, Black I feel like Ant, I've heard of and Enchantress. Thunderball and Enchantress. Enchantress sounds somewhat familiar, um, but everyone else is like. Yeah, I guess that's the point. Yeah. You're not supposed to know who they are. Yeah. Um, Secret War 7 finally comes out, and, and it's called The Greatest Sacrifice. That's, that's, the that's the description. That's all you need to know. Oh, and of course, Spider Gwen number three. No, sorry, number two. two. And she's apparently going to be dealing with the lizard again, still. And Spider Man twenty ninety nine issue three. Yeah, but I'm not following that one anymore. Oh, what that's about what? Thor's number four? I know Finally. Thor's number four is also Finally. coming out. And that's a conclusion. I'm gonna. What am I gonna do? Pick up like ten fucking Marvel books this week? It's crazy. I don't even remember what happened in Thor's number three. Like, uh, was, uh, Me like, neither. Uh, I need to read it again. I felt like it had something to do with Loki. Like they, they, they did like a sting operation and they, they, they were shaking down Loki or something. Also, Ultimates number one is coming out. 
Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Miss America Chavez. What? <laughs> Spectrum, Blue Marvel. The Ultimate Super Team comes together to find and fix problems beyond the limits of the infinite. So they're like... They, they they're do, like Avengers, but... They're like Guardians of the Avengers Galaxy. Web Warriors, issue oh, one. Jesus, Web Warriors 2? Come on, Marvel, you're killing me. Web Warriors number one. Oh my god, that cover just looked... Oh, no words. <laughs> Wait, which cover are you talking about? He's looking Web at, Warriors. He's looking at the Virgil uh, Ramos variant. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, though. It's a selfie. It's, that's funny. Uh-huh. It's every, it's all the heroes from the Spider-Verse getting together to, to, to save the realities. God, look at the price on that shit. Uh, now I got it. Because it's a variant. The regular cover is five bucks. Oh, thanks, Marvel, for making it five dollars. And I guess that's it for for this no, week. I think that's it. Yeah. There's a lot of comics. I don't. I didn't expect there to be that many things that I was interested in picking up. Shit. That's crazy. You're spending too much money. I know. You're killing me, Marvel. You're killing me. I just be like DC and release nothing I'm really interested in. <laughs> <laughs> so for video games this week, uh, Call of Duty released on. Friday. Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3. Yeah, Black Ops 3. I haven't played much of the campaign. I've only gotten to play some online and zombies mode. And honestly, zombies mode is so fucking good in this game that it made me buy it for both platforms. So I have it for PS4 and Xbox One. See, Andy, Andy, I'm really relieved to hear that zombies mode is really good. Okay, so if you have have the, uh, the standard Call of Duty... Like, you get um, this one map, and this one map takes place in, like, the 30s, so... Oh, yeah, these are the gangster zombies with fedoras. Yeah, it's so fucking awesome. Everyone has, like, a fucking fedora, and you have this cool-ass pistol, and uh, the map is, like, alleyways. It's so dope. And then the perks, you get perks by, like, eating gumballs from gumball machines. Yeah, and you can actually uh, depict, because the gumballs are randomized. But you can actually switch out, like, which of the six perks you're going to get. Really? And, like, there are different ones. Yeah, it's so cool. And they also have a a customized set list, like, one through ten customized set list. So if you want to make different ones, if you want different layouts, it's it's fucking awesome. There's also this one mode that you can turn into something called the Beast. Is that the Cthulhu monster? Yeah. 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 And it, like, fucking wrecks zombies. I found out that, um, like, you can look up in the air and you'll see, like, shining orange lights. And if you uh, melee attack the orange lights, it's like you whip. And then it pulls you. It's like a grappling hook. And it leads you into an area that only the beast can get into. And through the beast, you can make it accessible to everyone else. Really? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That sounds so dope. Like, like I was saying before, I was so, so disappointed with the zombies mode for Block Ops 2. Me me and my friend Matt, we, we would play the first one obsessively, and we were so excited for, for 2. And the zombies mode, we just, we died inside. And just judging from all the videos, like the, the 1920s gangster one looks so good. And they, they're bringing back uh, Derice, or Derice. Oh, the I, already, I already have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited I'm about that. I'm on that. Do you know if they're going to release any other Zombies maps? Or I'm not many... sure. They probably will with the season pass. 
Yeah, but do you know if they teased any? Uh, I guess so far we don't, we only have two maps, right? Nothing yet. Nothing okay. yet. Well, now I, I need to pick up my copy because I'm really yeah, happy. That's definitely my little summary. And I didn't only buy. This is where my problem comes in. I didn't only buy the regular edition for both. I bought the Juggernaut edition for the PS4. So I have the, the mini. The I have the fucking oh, mini sh- fridge. You have two mini fridges now. No, I don't. I don't have two. Oh. Um, I would be like, hey, actually, I'll pass uh, one this way. a coworker happened the uh, Thursday during the midnight release. He was like, "Oh, I really want the Juggernaut edition for the Xbox One, but I have it reserved for the PS4, so I'm just gonna let it go." And I was like, "Wait, I'll give you the money." <laughs> and then he just pretty much bought it for me, and because I wanted the rise and I couldn't wait for it. On the Xbox One, I wound up buying the $100 version for for the Xbox One. So I paid, in total, I paid $300 on Call of Duty. Oh, oh my gosh. God. Dude. You are, the, you are their favorite customer. Yeah. You are Activision's favorite baby. Though. Wait, so Andy, Andy, how do you unlock device? I mean, you have to buy a certain edition? Right, right now, it's only available through, um, through anyone who bought the hardened edition or above. Okay. Yeah. And it also comes with some customizable like weapons pack and something else. But I don't really care about that. I just wanted the rose. It's my favorite Call of Duty map. Well, my zombies map. And, and you get Nuketown. Oh, you do? Wait, is that, yeah, is that, a, is that a multiplayer map? That's, I don't think that's a zombies map. Uh, not a zombies map, multiplayer. But, oh my god, new Nuketown looks amazing. It is. It is so much fun to play on. Brings me good memories of Black Ops 1. But that's pretty much it for Call of Duty. I don't like Call of Duty. I only like Black Ops. It's the only... Neither did I! Call of Duty, like, I fell off of Call of Duty once. I bought Modern Warfare 3. And then... Oh, um, don't remind me. I didn't buy Ghost. I didn't buy uh, Black Warfare. Ops 2. I didn't buy Advanced Warfare. Me neither. And then... I was I don't huge know, was, into the original Black Ops. It was fucking, the original Black Ops is so good story-wise. I was so into the first Black Ops game. Something hooked me into this with the trailer. And then... Uh, you know what it was? Played... It was that shot where you had a bionic arm and could shoot bees at people. Nah, that's not even it. Like, I don't know. It was something about the trailer that I was like, eh, it doesn't look that bad of a Call of Duty game. And then uh, I played the beta, and I just fell in love with it from there. Maybe. So that beta did it justice. Maybe I'll give it a shot, based on what you say. And and if we all have it on PS4, we can play Zombies mode together. So True. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, we should live stream that. That'd be awesome. <sighs> That'd be amazing. Well, first, we're going to live stream Fallout. Fallout. If Fallout. we live stream anything. Man, Fallout. Can't wait. Hey. By, by the time this goes live, it'll be out. Hell yeah, we already have like 40 hours in it. Do you remember? Maybe. <laughs> Stan's not denying it. I ain't denying it. Not yet. Take off work. <laughs> if only, if only. Want to talk about some Metal Gear? Metal Gear Solid. So I didn't, I, we've talked about Metal Gear Solid 5 so much on the show already, but I just finished the true ending. I got the true ending. I finished all the story content this past week. And I clocked in 90 hours so far into Metal Gear. God damn. 90 total hours. And I'm not even... I don't think I'm anywhere near done because I still have all the S ranks to do. I have all the bonus 
like mission objectives. I have all the side ops to go. I have I probably have like at least fifty or sixty side ups, and then I have all the animals to get and, and all the bases to build and shit. You gotta you have to build a nuke, then you have to dismantle the nuke. There's like so many things going on. We we were talking about what you need to like platinum this game on the way here. And it's in, it's just sizable. Just talking about it, I was just like, oh, that's gonna take. Yeah, I'm probably like I'm I'm 56 percent complete at at Jeez. at the time of beating the story completely, 56 percent. So I still have like 44. Andy, I told Stan this before, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our coworkers from Twinfinite 100 percented Metal Gear Solid, and I had no idea what? how many hours he, he he could have put into that I don't, at least maybe yeah, like that's, 200 he had to put like eight hours time, every yeah, that's, that's the thing there's like there's so many games right now like fallout i that's why i was gunning to finish the campaign like the story missions like i fucking knew that this month was going to be torture for my wallet because i knew call of duty was coming out but i didn't know i was going to take it to that extent <laughs> then i got the fallout pit boy edition and then oh, you have to get the, the Fallout season that, pass as well, man. Then the week after that, no, I'm not getting the season. I'll get that shit for Christmas. Yeah, I'm gonna get the season yeah. pass when the first DLC drops. And, That's when I'm gonna get. And it. then, and then we got fucking Star Wars, which Battlefront. Hell yeah. Um, again, I'm waiting for Christmas because I, I can't. I know, can't with all these goddamn the, games. The um, the whole um. Game of the Year discussion this year is gonna be real interesting. <laughs> real interesting this year when we do that. We're gonna. I think the plan is that we're gonna have a special episode, right? We're just gonna. Yeah. The yeah. three of us are gonna get locked into a room, and we're not gonna leave until we have a winner. That's the rules. <laughs> the blood will flow. Friendships will be broken. Enemies. Three men enter. One game leaves. <laughs> it's Thunderdome. Yeah. A whole like deathmatch episode just devoted to the video games this year. Let's do it. But anyway, it's gonna be intense. Back to Metal Gear. So I wanted to bring it up because I was super. Ex- the last time I talked about Metal Gear, I was super excited about starting Chapter Two and seeing the rest of the story. And so I played through all of Chapter Two story wise. And I want to say that my overall impression of Metal Gear as a whole right now, Metal Gear Solid Five, and the story is that the gameplay is the best Metal Gear Solid I've ever played. The best Metal Gear game, period, and probably top five games I've ever played as a game. Story-wise, I don't think it's the best, honestly. It hit all the points that I that I wanted it to hit, and it connect like minor spoilers. It connects the dots. So Kojima was talking about bridging the gap between Big Boss's era and Solid Snake's era. It told they totally do it here. Did it feel rushed? It the thing is, so yes, a little bit. You can tell that something was amiss. It feels like there's things that have been cut all the things that they show in the teaser for chapter two happen all those events happen you experience those events but they feel disjointed there isn't a cohesive narrative throughout chapter two like there was in chapter one there's not that much story in total on there's a lot of story because it's you know it's metal gear there's a lot of sad it's a lot of shit going on but the actual um story in chapter one felt more cohesive because you're you're gunning after skull face you know Skullface is sort of the whole reason why everything's happening, why Big Boss is in a coma, why he has to rebuild Mother Base, why Ocelot's there, why Quiet's there. It gets them all together. Once you eliminate that main villain halfway through the game, it sort of loses focus. There's no like main thing to rally against. There's no main plot line. It's sort of like 
it feels like a series of epilogues rather than its own continuation. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, okay, let's now wrap up Quiet Story. Let's now figure out what's going on with Huey. Let's, you know, get sort of an ending towards the child soldier, like, subplot that's going on. So you get you get closure to these different story threads, but they don't feel like they're tied together. They feel like they're happening, like, kind of floating by themselves. And so much so that the, the last mission in the game, the, the true ending, kind of just pops up. There's, there's a series of things that you need to do to get it, but it doesn't feel like it's an earned ending. It's sort of just like, okay, now you can play the final mission. Now you can find out what's really been going on. And it doesn't feel like you've earned the right to see that yet. It feels like there should have been something building to that moment. And instead, they're just kind of like giving it to you. Like, here, play this mission, now you know. And the ending was really cool because, you know, spoilers, if, if you haven't gone there yet, maybe skip ahead 15 seconds, but I'm not going to spoil it too much. But it connects the dots to the original Metal Gear. The last scene in the cutscene is presumably taking place either during or immediately before the events of Metal Gear 1, like on the NSX. So you kind of get the idea that Big Boss is going off to fight Solid Snake and die. Like you get that sense in that cutscene. So it's sort of like it skips ahead because I think Metal Gear 1 takes place in 1995. So, you know, this game takes place in 84. So there's like this kind of a, a flash forward. It's like an 11 year. Yeah, so but but they give they fill in these details. So I don't have any I don't really have any lingering questions about the Metal Gear universe. Because they fill you in with like cassette tapes at the end, and then there's these like tie-ins, and so I feel like Metal Gear Solid Four is the definitive ending of the series because that's the end of Solid Snake's like era, right? So that was the ending of the whole series, and this was sort of like it exists to fill in the blanks. So it does that. It fills in the blanks. It's it's good. It's a sock. It's a solid. <laughs> get it story, but not the best. I still think my favorite Metal Gear Solid story is probably Metal Gear Solid One or Metal Gear Solid Three. But gameplay wise, incredible, the best. But I just wanted to bring that up. I wanted to sort of like wrap up my 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 Metal Gear like kind of review, I guess, because this is because I I there's still so much more for me to do. But I I 90 fucking hours in the game, so I feel like I can put a score on this, and it's it's five bananas. It's not perfect, right? Because there, it feels like things are cut. It feels like there's some like cohesion loss in the storyline. But all the other parts of the game are so fucking good. Like today, I was running around punching donkeys, <laughs> <laughs> like stunning them with with um, Snake's bionic fist and like fultoning them out. Just running up to donkeys and punching them because like why the fuck not? Like big boss. Donkey puncher, like that's, that's what I was doing. So like, it's just like all these crazy shit that you can do in this game just makes the game so good, and the actual gameplay is a lot of fun. So I, yeah. So basically, I just wanted to wrap up my my open ended discussion because the last time I talked about it, I wasn't done. But now I'm done, and so definitively one of the best games like ever for me. And the story is a little lacking, but I feel like it, it gets the job done. It could it could be a little bit more fleshed out. There could be a little bit more there, but it does its job, and it's it's good. I'm not. It's not a bad story. It's good, but I just wish there was more. And that's it. Now you're selling five. Right on. Five bananas. Five. Five bananas have come to the bananas. Well, I feel like I need to like hurry up and hundred percent. Well, not hundred percent it, but it's it's absolutely story. the story is absolutely worth playing through. It's it's 
it's like I said, it's good, but it's not the best. And I feel like that has to do a lot with the problems that were going on with Konami. And I feel like the story suffered because of it. But everything else is really good, you know. And you you do you do get all the you do get all the closure that you're looking for. It just could be tied together a little better and fleshed out a little bit more. Which is probably what Kojima was working on and why. Oh yeah, there's there's even a cut like I wouldn't say it's an ending, but a cut mission that's in the bonus disc that I, I also saw, and it's not really a, an other ending like I thought it would be, but it's it's a conclusion. It's further conclusion of the child soldier like subplot that was going on, and it kind of ties into Metal Gear Solid. So there's a there's a hook to Metal Gear Solid from the end of that mission that doesn't exist so much because that mission's not there. Yeah. Whereas the main Metal Gear Solid Five is the hook to Metal Gear. And the only way to see this extended ending is if you bought the collector's edition. Yeah, but it's not it's not a necessary ending. Like it's it's fine where it is. the The main thing that I wanted to see is I wanted the I wanted the loop to get closed for Metal Gear. I wanted to see Big Boss fulfill his destiny. You know, like fucking Darth Vader. And so you get that. You get that moment where this is the where the train fucking pulls into the station. the The child soldiers thing is like a because you know the Les Font Terrible thing. The whole Big Boss's clones that gets hooked from the child soldier story into Metal Gear Solid. So you get that connection. I would say it's like eighty percent of the way to getting that connection, but they kind of cut off that last twenty percent. And the bonus disc feels in that thing with like cutscenes and like concept art, etc. You can probably see it on YouTube. So I would say finish the whole game, see all the story, and then see that ending. And then see the fucking nuke ending that no one will ever see because no one's going to dis- disarm all the nukes in the game. It's impossible. Yeah, Kobayashi it's impossible. Maru scenario. Right I don't there. Even, the thing is, I don't even think that's a canon ending because there's not supposed to be peace in the Metal Gear universe. If, if Big Boss... If there was peace in the Metal Gear universe, then Metal Gear wouldn't have... Exactly. So this is... I feel like that's more of an alternate ending where Big Boss decides to become a hero instead of, like, going down this villain route that he does. So it it's not canon. It's, like, one of those impossible endings. It's pretty cool to think about, though. Yeah. I mean, like, we were... I think we talked about it before, how the whole nuke deterrence or nuke uh, disarmament metagame was, you know, a big theme of the entire franchise in general. So it just... It was just... Shows the mad genius of Kojima. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it's there, even though we'll never see it, because it's it kind of speaks to the fact that it's almost impossible to achieve, like in the real world too. Like, yeah, but people are know. trying. Remember, we we were talking about how there's like yeah, two people... groups, like the Patriots and the these other guys. There's two groups. One of them is trying to make as many nukes as possible, and the other group is trying to disarm all the nukes, and they're engaging in these in this conflict against each other. Um, yeah, it's yeah. great. Oh, I, like quick aside. But um, Kirsten and I were in the city today, and we passed by Federal Hall. And I'd never seen Federal Hall in person, but Federal Hall is the location of the last boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 2. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is where Solid Snake was standing. This is where Raiden was standing. And I like I had to walk up the stairs and look at the statue, and I was like, oh, my God, this is where Solid Solidus Snake fell after Raiden killed him, and he landed on this part of the statue. And I was like, oh, shit. And I, I was there for the wrong reason. I wasn't there because, like, oh, this rich American history. I was like, oh, this video game scene took place here, and I wanted to see it in real life. Kirsten doesn't know that. <laughs> Pretty soon. 
pretty soon you're gonna have like uh like pokemon go you're gonna have augmented reality so you can walk around new york city you go back to the federal building and see like the events of metal gear solid 2 reenact and you just see like a like a hologram version of a solid <laughs> like falling on a statue as an interactive event like you can pause it and you can like walk around That'd and see good, from different like, angles AR game like to just like walk around like this is where this scene took place Cool. So TV, we haven't spoke about it in like forever since it since TV became relevant. Again. Uh, yeah, again. So it's still there. Like we're still watching it. This week we're we're just gonna do a quick run through of like how the Flash is shaping up, and uh, I guess a quick thought on Arrow. Yeah, like hopefully in continuing weeks we'll have some more time to. There's just. Right now, there's it. so much. There's Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead, Gotham. Yeah, and then there's like so many games and comic books coming out at the same time too. With the Marvel, re- with the relaunch at Marvel, and then you have the fucking holiday games coming out. It's, just, been a, it's hard to like delegate time to talk about all these things. Yeah, we can at least touch on everything. What do you think about Arrow so far this season? Thoughts? Arrow so far is, uh, it's good. I just, I'm just waiting for the story to progress more with Damian Dark. Okay. But that's that's pretty much all that's happening is they're like adding up to Damian Dark. Right now, it actually seems like they're building more towards uh, Legends of Tomorrow mm. because they just revived Sarah Lance, and at the end of last episode, they found out that Ray Palmer isn't dead, but he's shrunk, and that Damian Dark has him. Mm. Chris, have you been watching Arrow? I've been behind. Like I've been more distracted with catching up with okay. Flash. So I'm not. I haven't been watching the recent seasons yet, but um, I to be honest, like um, I enjoyed Arrow uh when I first started watching it, but I it's just really really grim dark and takes itself really seriously. And I know, I mean, I know with the CW Arrow, I mean it's I mean it's their own unique take, but like the Green Arrow from the comics, he had like he was like a more like a well. It all depends on which Green Arrow you're talking about, because the new Fifty Two Green Arrow is more like dark and. Oh, okay, that's that's true. Um, and to me, like Arrow, it, it just seems like it's just Batman, but not Batman. Uh, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I don't know. I, I I'm enjoying Flash way uh, so much yeah. more than Arrow right now. It's just it's just there's a lot of levity and it's a, it's a really fun show, but there's still like really serious dark and harrowing moments. So I don't know. I think I think there's more of a more of a balance. But I'll catch up with Arrow cuz um uh, I'm really interested in, in t- with the the Legends of Tomorrow crossover. I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and the Constantine episode was fucking awesome. I actually want to see that. Uh, the Constantine episode actually let it open as if either A CW was picking up Constantine or B Constantine was coming back into Arrow more. I would like to see Constantine crossover Flash and also Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm excited for all these like DC related TV show crossovers. Yeah. Um Gotham, anyone seen Gotham? Gotham is Thoughts. Gotham is Gotham, fucking Gotham is going crazy. Yeah. Like it's it's still going with that villain of the week format. But they're also they also renamed I don't know if you noticed, but they renamed the series like Gotham Rise of the Villains. Yeah, that's 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 what season two, yeah. I think that's just like the name of the season, but the tagline. Oh my god, like oh my god. No, like 
everything they've been doing with the Riddler, everything they've been doing with Edward Nigma, they have built that shit up from episode one of season two, and they fucking ran with it, and I, I love it. The Riddler right now is pulling like a total fight club, Tyler Durden kind of thing. Like, it's like a split personality. He totally, like, snapped, and uh, he has, yeah, like, like Chris said, the split personality, and... Spoiler alert for anyone who didn't watch it. He, like, killed his girlfriend. Yeah, Miss Kringle. And while while he was asleep, his split personality chopped up a piece of her body and, like, hit it in his workplace. And pretty much he, he pulled a Riddler on himself where he left, like, little hints and was like, well, if you don't find the body, you're going to get caught. <laughs> and shit just got so intense. It was like the Riddler versus himself. It was crazy. And then they're they're pulling in Azrael, uh, like the Order of Saint Dumas. They're coming in, and the Court of Owls is supposed they to come in. Firefly. Too, and what I was really disappoint or really sad about, maybe not disappoint is the right word, but sad about, like in the first two episodes, they kill off they killed off Jerome, which was like the the character who had the biggest lead to being potential like a potential joker and i love this performance so much and then he gets knife in the neck at the end of episode two i was like no but uh i heard one of the showrunners say that the joker's not so much a character in this gotham but he's more like an ideology which they kind of tease after this quote unquote joker gets stabbed like at the end of the episode he's on the autopsy table and he's smiling, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to different parts of the city where criminals, they start, like, laughing and giggling uncontrollably and start stabbing each other or stabbing random people on the street. So I don't know if that's, like, something they'll go back to or extrapolate upon. Yeah, I know I gave Gotham a hard time for season one, but season two, fucking, they have done justice. If anything, you just, you don't even have to see season one. Just go straight to season two. Seriously, it's, it's definitely worth it. They've already shown Firefly. Um, oh yeah, the, uh, a young female Firefly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really interesting. And then they're going to introduce um, uh, Victor Freeze or uh, Mister Freeze, uh, played by B.D. Wong. So that's really that's a no. Wait, no, I'm, I'm thinking of something else. B.D. Wong is supposed to play a young Hugo Strange. That's a really interesting casting. I'm really excited to see uh, how they roll with that. And then Flash. I haven't seen Supergirl. You haven't seen Supergirl. Have you seen Supergirl, Chris? I haven't, but I hear really good things about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm planning on seeing it. I have episode point. two recorded on my DVR, and I haven't seen episode one yet. I missed it. Mm. I started recording it from episode two, so. Yeah, I'm gonna try and go back and watch it, like at some point. Is there anything else? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. So we should talk about that supposed death or not death that is with Glenn. So, Andy, I know you have some really strong feelings about this. So, what do you think? Uh, actually, I really, I really don't care. You don't care? You, uh, are you done with Walking Dead now? I just, no, I just don't care. Like, everyone made this whole big deal. Like, oh my god, Glenn's dead. And I was just like, eh. eh. I mean, my real thing is, my real thing is, in the comic books, they killed Glenn because he was Rick's right-hand man. And that's why Negan got that kill. Because it was to, like, get at Rick. But right now, in the TV series, I don't see Glenn as as Rick's right-hand man. I be, see that So, as you Darryl. think, like, Daryl's going to be the one killed by yeah. Negan? 
Oh, yeah. wow. And they've already said that they have that death reserved for another character. Wow. So... You know, thinking it that way, that would be so much more powerful. I so want that death to be wow. given to okay, Daryl. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what? We're going to predict it. Daryl's going to die by Negan's hand. Hell yeah, Negan and Lucille. The problem I had with Glenn's death, I mean, I know he dies in the comics, but like, I felt like his death was meaningless. Because like the, the way I thought, like keeping in line with his persona, like he would die trying to Dude, save other people's lives. Have you been and hearing it would the actually, rumors though? I'm sorry? Have you been hearing, like, these rumors of people saying that he's not dead? Yeah, I've been hearing, like... There's there's a theory that, like, in the beginning of the first episode of season one, Maggie's looking in, like, the sewer system, and, like, Glenn's supposed to be, like, in the sewer system or whatever. Um, really? I feel, I feel that they're gonna leave Glenn as, quote-unquote, dead until the mid-season finale where they show Glenn's alive. A theory that that's going around a lot is um what's his name? Well, Nick, Nick, the other guy, he shoots himself, he falls, Glenn falls with him, but Nick falls on top of Glenn. And I've been trying to rewatch the episode and trying to see what color shirt Glenn was wearing in the footage when he's getting well when the guts are being ripped out by the walkers. Like I could see like a shade of blue. But I can't remember what shirt Glenn was wearing. People are saying like, oh, Nick fell on top of Glenn and Glenn is trapped underneath. But then there's a dumpster right next to it. So Glenn could have crawled underneath the dumpster. I've also heard that like, which I didn't notice. Uh, I might have to rewatch the episode. But I've also heard this thing where Glenn and Nick were wearing almost the identical looking clothing. So like they did that purposely to fool the viewer. And the thing is, like, on one hand, you could argue with that many walkers, you know, it's impossible for Glenn to get out. But on the other hand, remember that scene, uh, it was either season three or four, where Tyrese is going to, like, major PTSD, and he's, he's like, sitting in the car and while all the zombies are oh, swarming. Yeah, yeah. And then he single-handedly kills every single one of them with a hammer. Well, that so that's kind of like the uh, the scene in the comic books where Tyrese gets locked in the uh, in the gym in the prison he gets locked in the gym and they pretty much leave him and they're like well he's he's dead he can't live and uh tyrese single-handedly took down over like 120 walkers in a gym with a hammer and glenn is a really resourceful guy and he can he can think on his feet he i assume he can come up with an escape plan on the spot i think so Oh, uh, what you think of Morgan's backstory? Like, we finally figure out what happened in between Clear to when we see him, like, hiking towards Terminus. He meets some, pretty much, like, some guy who's, like, the equivalent of Yoda, who practices Aikido and bow staff fighting and teaches Morgan to follow a path of peace and a no-kill policy it was interesting um the only thing that threw me off was the very end because he was talking to someone from the wolves about his past like that's where the episode left off where mm -hmm. he was talking to someone from the wolves and he was like and that's my past and it's like why would morgan be doing this I assume it was the wolf that he first visited but spared and then he ended up finally again inside that house yeah and I felt like he didn't kill the wolf, but like knocked him out. 
and then he's explaining to the wolf like his reasons for not killing and explaining his backstory and then we're, we're just like a fly in the wall i mean i guess we won't find out until later tonight yeah so yeah some some pretty cool things are happening in walking dead hell yeah and now i guess you want to talk about the flash flash is amazing flash is really good harrison wells listen i i i carry i sort of called this you remember yeah when i said that something's gonna happen Eddie, Eddie Thawne gets killed, which erases Reverse Flash, but then that allows Harrison Wells, the original one, to live. And that didn't exactly happen, but Harrison Wells did come back, and he wasn't Reverse Flash. And a theory that Chew threw, threw out was a theory that I was pretty much thinking through this entire like fucking last episode of The Flash. Is it Which is Zoom? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of season two has to do with Earth two and like these breaches and all these other alternate heroes did, and villains. Does anyone get? Uh, did anyone notice that there's fifty two breaches? Yes, fifty two breaches. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New fifty two. And so Jay Garrick is there as 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 Earth two Flash, even though he doesn't have his powers. Harrison Wells is back as Harry and Crisco. <laughs> um, there's, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening in this in this season. Cisco finally gave himself the name The Vibe. Yeah, he, Cisco finally becomes The Vibe. Well, he gives himself a name. Firestorm is different now. Harrison Wells is still a dick, yeah. but he's not evil. He's not evil, but he's a dick. Um, that's great. Actually, the new Firestorm that they're going with is actually the Firestorm that's like canon and comic oh, really? right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Shit, what else is going on? Uh there's a giant fucking land shark that they can't use oh, yeah. that they were given the rights to use for thirty seconds. Did you hear King about shark? that? King Shark? Yeah. Oh King Shark, yeah, yeah. I yeah, they were about. um they were only given the rights to use him for thirty seconds. Really? So is he is he done? Yeah, that's it. He's so done. Harrison Wells just because, straight up killed King because Shark. Because he's going to be a part of Suicide Squad, and anyone a part of Suicide Squad can't be in Flash or Arrow, which is why they killed off Deadshot and Arrow. That's stupid. King Shark should stay. And why they'll never do anything with Harley Quinn and Arrow when they tease that bitch. That's really stupid because it's a different universe. It's a different Earth. So why not, why not be able to use it, you know? I don't know. The only two people that I know that they can't, like, kill off is gonna be the flash and green arrow it is too because it's not like the marvel cinematic universe where everything has to fit into one neat thing you know like dc's taking the route of like their tv game is very separate from their movie game and you know and plus there's their tv game is fucking amazing also and the thing is is that dc's the live action DC stuff is teasing multiverse all over the place and live action live action dc movies Honestly, if they're going to keep going with live-action DC movies, then you might as well just give us all the fucking D-list villains because they're going to use everyone good. Yeah. So, and then there's, like, a new speedster, Zoom, who's all black and, like, is, like, devilish. He kind of reminded me of the Black Flash. Like the Death Flash? Yeah. Yeah. Give him some orangey lightning and Tron lights and that guy could be Death, the Black Racer Flash. Yeah. So, like, there's, we don't know who he is yet at this point in time, but there's, like, speculation of who it could be. I've heard it being Eddie Fawn, Earth 2. Harrison Wells is, like, almost, is too obvious. They, w- they wouldn't pull that shit twice. Yeah. They wouldn't have the reverse class on all Zoom. 
so that's out. And our shared theory is that it's Earth 2 Barry Allen. They haven't shown anything with Earth 2 Barry Allen. And they've already showed his, uh, Barry's ex-girlfriend, which, surprise, surprise, is a villain. Yeah. So if it's almost like an Earth 3 situation in the comics where heroes are villains, then it, it can point to the fact that Barry Allen's maybe Zoom. And, he, and his, his idea is, you know, Zoom's motivation is to kill all, all the other speedsters and be the fastest. Barry is striving to be the fastest in Earth 1, but he's doing it, like, as a hero. And also their suits look almost identical, except that Zoom is all black. Because he's got the circle in the middle of the chest with the, with the lightning bolt. And also they also tease the fact that um, Caitlin Snow is Killer Frost in Earth 2. Yeah. So if she's also a villain, then it's, you know. And if, if Harrison Wells is a dick but not a villain in Earth 2 also, then there's all this evidence pointing to the fact that Zoom could be Barry Allen. I want to know what it's going to be like to see Zoom versus The Flash, because from what Harrison Wells says, Barry's faster than Zoom. And if that's the case, I don't know. Because the thing is, uh, Zoom hasn't been introduced to the Speed Force yet. Really? Yeah, because Earth 2 doesn't have the Speed Force because Barry Allen created the Speed Force. Oh, really? I must have missed that. What the hell do they have in Earth 2, then? Uh, Jay Garrick is just fast. And Zoom is just fast? Yeah. Okay. Zoom is faster, but um, that's why Barry's faster than Jay Garrick because Barry's supported by the Speed Force and Jay Garrick isn't. And uh, I know in the comic book series, Jay Garrick, once Barry gets his power, Jay Garrick runs faster because he gets backed up by the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they're building towards. Yeah. Jay Garrick being able to tap into the Speed Force. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Have they done any teasing of Wally West? Uh, they, they did, uh, cast a Wally West Flash. Um. That's awesome. I don't remember the actor's name, but I do know that they did cast one. Interesting. So yeah, uh, Flash is living up to my expectations. It's just as good as season one so far, I think. I can agree. And then with Chris Coe becoming the vibe, makes me extra hype. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for the next Arrow Flash crossover. Me too. Now it's gonna be like the fucking Justice League. It, it might as well just... Oh, and they fucking, did anyone catch that cameo? That fucking Aquaman cameo? Oh yeah, when, when Jay Garrick mentions Atlantis. Yeah, and then he was like, I have a friend who lives in Atlantis. Well, oh, my best friends comes from Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is this fucking guy? Yo, just bringing Black Manta. I will throw myself at, at the altar. What I really want to see is I, I want to see Supergirl. Yeah, I need, to, I need to check out Supergirl in general. But I want to see her crossover into the CW shows. Who... Who had um? Who had Constantine? NBC. And that's who has Supergirl, right? No, I think Supergirl's CBS. CBS, I think. Fuck. They should just fork over the rights but of Constantine. Was, but the dude who him. writes the dude who writes Supergirl is the same person who writes at, uh, Flash and Arrow. Really? Yeah. There was um. There was also when they were doing promo shots for Supergirl. There was some magazine that did photos of of um, Grant Gustin and and um the actor who plays Supergirl. Steve. Oh, I forget what her name was, but they were in costume and they were like hanging out as Flash and Supergirl in these pictures. That's awesome. So like, I it better happen. Where's Stephen Amell at? Get a pizza or some shit from uh, Coast City. So they've teased. So there's Supergirl. Uh, we got Green Arrow. We got Flash. They teased Green Lantern, and they've teased Aquaman. Yep. 
You know what? They should tease Billy Batson. I'm sorry. Shazam. That'd be awesome. You mean Captain Marvel? Shazam. Yeah, there, there's a lot of dispute of what, what he's supposed to be called now. I think he's in the new 52, he's being called in Shazam. In my heart, he's always going to be Captain Marvel. Well, Captain Marvel was his original name. Yeah. So is that a wrap? We ran a little long this That's week. That's pretty much it for today. And by a little long, I mean like yeah. a fucking long ass time. We're like double last week. It's okay. It's, it's worth it. We're caught up on TV. Yeah, we, we got... And we talked about some really cool comics. And it makes us feel less worse about next week being a full-on fucking... It's going to be like... Fallout fiasco. Fallout gangbang. So much fun. <laughs> it's going to be like a two, another two-hour episode. It's going to be amazing. Fucking Fallout. But yeah, we had some, some crazy-ass tangents, and we, we, we did a new comic book uh, segment, so... And we won't be talking about shit next week except Fallout. No, we'll talk about other things. Fallout. No, did you see? Did you see how like there was like thirty fucking Fallout the comic book, Fallout the video game, Fallout the TV series. No, we're just gonna have to manage our time next week better. That that that's the rule. Or we'll have a four hour. No, 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 no. Yo, homeboy (laughs) needs to sleep, right? Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Chris, I would like for him to get more sleep, but he does not. Contrary to popular belief, despite the many naps, he actually doesn't sleep. No. I have a very inconsistent sleep schedule. I mean, a lot of it's due to editing in this podcast, but I don't care because I love love I'm at at work at like 9 a.m. I'm like, oh, what's up, Chris? He's like, oh, you know, nothing was up till 3 a.m. editing. I'm like, what the fuck? Yo, (laughs) go to sleep. How are you up till 3 a.m. editing? And then you're at work the next day. It's crazy. Dude is a machine. Thank you, Chris, for all you do. And now we no problem. Now he must kill you. Uh, Boom! He just shot some well, mud at you. I'm gonna be Check gone next episode in the ghost dimension, and you're gonna be you guys are gonna be talking about Fallout Four without me, and I'm gonna haunt you guys forever. And uh, fucking fucking Sal and JJ over here gonna take your body to the mud room. Gotta make create Jack Johnson in Fallout. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like era appropriate. <laughs> Now it is. Like old, old-timey like, speech. Well, that's it for this week's All episode. Right, <laughs> Before we go off on another fucking tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go to bed. It is it's bedtime. <laughs> Take us away. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, fucking Google. Google Play soon. Just uploaded our podcast to uh, Google Play. Check your iDroid for details. You can also get us at supernerdpals.com or on Twitter at supernerdpals at our Gmail, supernerdpals at gmail.com supernerdpals.com.com facebook.com slash group slash supernerdpals you can get me on Twitter at sweetjustice1 that's O-N-E you can get Stan on Twitter at Stan Doom Doom and you can get Chris on Twitter at K-O Ninja for Hire that's K-Y-O witness and got and guys, please, as always, if you listen to us, if you like our nonsense, rate us on iTunes, give us five stars, maybe write a little uh, review if you, if you want, uh, tell us if you like mud, <laughs> tweet at us about your mud questions and, and all that fun stuff, and tell your friends. Tell your friends. I want to know about your mud-related likes tell your and friends. dislikes. Tell your friends. Please. Thank you. Like Sal, the mud salesman. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good night. And thank you. Jack Johnson, signing off.